Boom. It's the motherfucking uh, episode 67. I forgot I'm at work, so I don't know why I just yelled that. There might be people in the break room across from us. Um, we It's you know, perfectly fitting that I'm here uh, for this episode at work today. I got a brand new microphone. And so I thought I'd test that out with everybody's favorite guest, Markel Emery. How you doing, buddy? Good, good, good. Good, good, good. What's What's new in your exciting life? Um, I got a new job a few months ago, so that's new. Excellent, um, excellent. Uh, you're pushing pills now, correct? Uh, legally. Oh, legally, right, right. I keep forgetting that there's that distinction to make. No, very happy for you. That seems to be uh, working out great there and leads me into uh, today's special episode topic. We're going to do... I don't know. This might end up being 30 minutes. It might end up being 90. There's some jobs I have that uh, that, that were crazy, and there's a lot to talk about, some that less stuff happened at. And so that's what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be the motherfucking jobs episode, yo, on my Steve Jobs shit, even though I'm not using any Apple products right now because I really uh, can't afford them. Have an iPhone, can't afford the monthly bill. Have to pay $130 and it doesn't work sometimes. Um, and so, you know, the reason, part of the reason that I, I'm pretty much always broke is because I've had shitty jobs, right? The only silver lining to, to some of these uh, experiences I've had in, in employment is really the hilarious stories that come out of them. So there's definitely a lot of different shit. Um, the earlier back we go, we'll start from the earliest job and go all the way down to the one I have now. I don't really remember uh, a lot about Carboni's. Now, talk about a terrible name for a pizza place. That was my first job ever. Uh, everybody who knows me and is friends with me from Minnesota remembers uh, good old Matt G, uh, gay boy, hashtag the gay man. Matt Gaynor. That's a that's a tough last name to have. Uh, it was spelled G-O-E-H-N-E-R, but you know, it's just the first half of your last name is gay. That's pretty funny. Gaynor. Markel, I was thinking about this today. Um, what if there was what if there was a instead of Magneto, it was Fagneto, and uh, instead of lava, he was just covered in cum. That'd be interesting. You ever think about that? Anyway, um, anyway, that was that was my first job ever. And so I remember I was so excited that I was going to be having a paycheck and things like that. And the reality hits you when you're there of just just how sad a job <laughs> like that is. You know, you hear a lot from people about how mundane and boring going to an office job is every day. Well, those you're not around people who are actively dying in front of you. Right. Uh, for anyone that's never worked at a restaurant, fuck you. Uh, my brother, do my brother, he lives in Mesa, Arizona. So if anybody who doesn't know what Mesa is like, it's, it's like a nice, very, very nice area in the Valley. And there's no jobs out there where he would like have to suffer the way I suffered in Burnsville. Okay. He's going to be working at a top golf around hot girls from ASU serving drunk dads, pitchers of beer. That's not enough. I want him to have to literally see crackheads uh, rolling dough with their bare, dirty hands. Like they just came in from smoking in three Newports in five minutes, and now they're making a pizza. 
because <laughs> what that really wakes you up to, it's good. It wakes you up and it, it makes you go, oh, that's what they're talking about when they say uh, you have to try hard in school so that you don't work at a Carboni's your whole life. Um, so that was very eye-opening right away. That's where I we met the first people that ever bought us alcohol. Shout out to Chris Crack. He was a man who had snorted so much crack that his nasal passages didn't work anymore. So he just, it just sound like this. It's from Pittsburgh. It's hard to do a Pittsburgh accent with your fucking nose closed. But uh, we would basically get, get, give him like uh, some weed or, or $5 and he would buy us fucking, fucking 40s. Um, yeah, definitely depressing to be there. From there, we somehow, somehow it got worse from there. I went to Pizza Ranch next. Markel, what do you remember about Pizza Ranch? I remember that's a spot that everyone worked at. There was a lot of Lakeville kids that worked there for sure. Um, one thing that really stood out to me about this place versus Carboni's was it was less sad for the workers, right? Because they would have benefits there. And this was Lakeville, not Burnsville. So people aren't actively nodding off from heroin while making fries. But the people, the people that would come in there, I'll never forget this. You would regularly see a 300 pound couple, you know, 600 <laughs> combined. And they would sit there. And for anybody who doesn't know how Pizza Ranch works, it's the most disgusting food you can imagine buffet style. So you pay $14 to get in there and you can stay and have as much food for as long as you want. I... It gets, it makes me sad thinking about that, that that's something that um, is enjoyed so much by the people of this country. That concept is enjoyed so much that there are multiple franchises and companies like that. Uh, imagine that. Imagine you're such a piece of garbage trash that you'll wait, you'll go into the pizza ranch and pay the $14.99. You sit down, you eat until you're sick. And then you sit there and watch a TV with no volume as you wait for the next meal to come. You're, you're going there for lunch and you're going, I already spent the $14.99. I'm going to get a good deal here. And they sit there and they just eat chicken wings for hours, bro. I can't think of anything more depressing. When I go out to eat, I want to leave the second I'm done. I don't like eating in public and I wish there was some shame to it. Interesting. Um, from there, we go to maybe the first job I ever enjoyed or liked my coworkers at. <laughs> Talked about this one so much on the show. Quiznos, dude. Quiznos is the most underrated subs. They absolutely are. It's a wet sandwich. And sometimes, would you rather have a wet sandwich or a dry sandwich? You're fucking, you, if you're going with a dry ass sandwich, you're wrong. I'd rather have it be a little bit gross and a little bit soggy. Um, that is where I really started meeting a lot of my drug dealing friends. And when that's starting out and you're very young and you're not constantly thinking about the fact that it could kill you or ruin the rest of your life, that's very fun. Uh, so it was almost like a drug trading marketplace. Like one guy had meth, another one had uh, heroin or psychedelics. I would sell weed. I would just throw a, ba a big bag of weed back there and let people come in and buy those. It was really great. They Quiznos <laughs> is going out of business because that's the type of people they hire. They just eat their food all day. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> it's like we were rats living in the wall instead of employees. <laughs> that place was disgusting, dude. There was dirt on the walls. Um, I remember my friend Jared got in the sink once, like where we'd wash dishes. It was really nasty. Um, and also there was just numerous amounts uh, of illegal activity going on at that place. That's where I met, um, not where I met him, but really who got me the job there was Dan Giefer, who for anyone who doesn't know, was my buddy who overdosed on heroin when we were, when he was 19. And he made that job so much more fun because pretty much at any place you work at, there's going to be one guy or gal, whoever it is, whether it's a manager or a, just a regular worker who takes it extremely seriously, right? We'll get to McDonald's. That was, that was the one I forgot to write down. Uh, put that on here real quick. McDonald's. Like I've talked about that on the show before Scott, who is an extremely autistic 36 year old that worked at the drive through McDonald's. He would get so angry if you gave somebody too much sauces to the point where he once yelled at me. And I swear to God, this is what he yelled. There is a sauce policy. Like when, when you have that, even if it's just one person, it really hurts the job. You know, it, it, I, I work with this guy here and he's a nice guy at the job I have right now. We like missed an assignment the other day at our job and he looked like he was going to cry. I was like, dude, it's, I promise you, I pro they can't even get people in here for a shift. You know, we have to be here six days a week. I don't think they I don't think they really care. And the guy was legitimately hurt. Uh, but we're getting too far ahead of ourselves there. So Quiznos was maybe one of the first and only jobs I've ever had that I enjoyed, but it was because I worked with all drug addicts. Uh, from there, after that, I went to college, dropped out after doing drugs for a year and a half. And my friend, who was it? I think it was, I think it was Pat Hance. He was on the show recently, got me a job at something called College Works Painting, which was basically like a pyramid scheme uh for drunk you know drunk painters they would get college kids to work for this company and do all the work while they paid them 10 bucks an hour it was just a total scam if you're ever thinking about working outside for god's sakes dude just don't do it this place was such a shithole they didn't buy the insurance uh for us to work on lead painted houses so we would have to be it'd be a hundred degrees in july we're wearing the hazmat suits from breaking bad 30 feet up on a ladder which is like you know that's kind of part of the job for some of those places but we were drug addict 19 year olds i'd be up on a ladder on two hydrocodone with a sprite bottle full of gatorade and vodka trying to like i'd just be dropping buckets of paint into these people's backyard like fuck i remember there's this one day it was at least 100 degrees outside and I'm in the, I'm in the hazmat suit, uh, probably about 10 feet up in the air. And I was fucked up. Like I could barely stand on the ladder and I knocked a full bucket of paint onto the ground, basically just explodes onto the side of a shed. And the people came out there and it was so satisfying. It's like looking back on it, it was very satisfying to realize the look on their face of them going, yeah, we shouldn't have we shouldn't have just taken the thousand dollar cut to hire college kids. The name of the place is called College Works. <laughs> it's centered around 
paying slave wages to alcoholic 19 year olds. Of course, it's not going to look good afterwards. My boss had no painting or contracting experience. He was a year younger than I was. Um, if you're going to do something like paint the house, you might as well not hire a company like that. That's on them, really. You know? Uh, fucking insane, that job. I remember I sold a kid a weed cartridge for $100 at that job. I, it was probably like a CBD cart too. I don't even remember where I got it. Um, from there, where do we go? Where do we go? Do you have any questions? Eaton Did Park. you want to Eaton Park? Okay, oh. I forgot. I forgot you were gonna. I forgot you were gonna read off all the different ones here. Okay, so Eaton Park, dude. Like, just break down the concept of that name, Eat and Park. Just to, like this is a Pennsylvania based <laughs> franchise. Okay. This is like their version of Denny's or whatever the fuck. And they base it around you go and you get food in a styrofoam, styrofoam container, and then you take it outside and you eat it in the parking lot. That's how this, Wait, that's they, how this whole thing started. They have like pictures they don't on their wall. Bring it to your car. No, no, you, you go, you go bring it out there. It's, their whole thing is they have this midnight menu and they stay open 24 hours a day though. It's marketed towards drunk drivers. And that's the most Pennsylvania shit I've ever heard. You're just basically supposed to go in there and get an $8 burger while a 67 year old woman struggles to bring it to your table. Truly, truly. I cannot explain to you how not worth it. It is to be a server. If you're, if you don't have big jugs or a pretty face, in other words, if you're a guy and you're not working at a, a gay themed restaurant and you don't live in a major city, you're out of your fucking mind if you think you should be serving food. I mean, this place is exactly how I described it. They would they would come in there, get the food and eat it in the fucking parking lot just because that's that's fun just for the fun of it. And so it comes with that. You have trash clientele. So the people that are working there, very similar to Carboni's. Except it's Pittsburgh, so it's sadder. There's more opioid dependence. The cigarette intake is three times over. Um, and the, the food was almost worse somehow. That's all I have. To, I got fired there because I, I'm not trying to say like my experience there was necessarily all their fault. I was doing Xanax while trying to serve food. So, I mean, imagine how upset you would be if uh, some guy... <laughs> with hair past his eyes he looks like he hasn't washed his clothes in a week my my aunt and uncle had this washing machine dude there was spider webs on top of it so i was like i don't really i don't want to deal with that so i wear the same work pants every day they just be pizza <laughs> sauce on there from a month ago and I'm like yeah no no i was sunny side up with the burger i bring it out and I would literally have to bring the manager over and be like, yeah, I forgot. Can you tell them I forgot to put their food in? And it's dads trying to get their kids food before soccer practice. So they'd be like, nope, we, we got to go. We got, I'm sorry. We got to go. And the type of workers they hire, like I was pretty much the best they had. So they couldn't even fire me for the first three months. I just, I kind of yeah. love that. That's pretty pretty awesome that it lasted even that long 
But I remember I was so immature back then. Like I was like mad that they fired me. Um, even though I would forget straight up forget people's orders and be doing coke in the bathroom and stuff like that. And I got I got what I deserved because from there I went to McDonald's. And don't worry, Markel, I'm about to start letting you read the the list is, here. Is, but is this when you're homeless? No, I was homeless for like uh six hours after okay. I after I got kicked out of that. That's a whole other fucking story here. I shouldn't have written this whole list in front of me. It's it's disorganized. And every single time I look at one of the jobs, the story pops into my head and I'm just trying to go one by one here. So that McDonald's was the worst, probably one of the worst jobs I've ever worked at. It was in the hood. I mean, it was everything from one time this group of white supremacists threatened to beat the shit out of me because I didn't want to make them fresh chicken nuggets because we straight up didn't have time. They were like, they came back around and they said the nuggets I had given them weren't good enough. I was like, guys, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, we have the whole line behind you. I can't make new ones. It wasn't like I was like, no, get the fuck out of here. And they goes, they go, all right, you, you guys close it. So we'll just wait for you then. And I was like, this is over chicken nuggets. As, and I was so... I was so immature and stupid back then that there was no light. There was no pilot light going off in my head saying something is wrong with your life. Something is wrong. This is, this is not normal. Normal people who had an opportunity for their parents to pay for college do not have uh, bald men with beards down to their nipples threatening to beat the shit out of them over chicken nuggets. It just, it doesn't happen to the normal person. So I think you need to take a look at your life. That was, there was no light going off back then because I was a zombie person, right? Uh, just to put it in perspective, they don't, I don't even know how McDonald's is legal. Also on top of that, I think I would rather just be homeless than work there again. I don't even understand how people work there. They treat you like you are not a person, okay? Let me put it this way. McDonald's franchises, everywhere you go, there's a McDonald's, right? You go around the corner and there's a McDonald's. Uh, you decide, oh, I don't I don't really want any right now. Three miles and five minutes later, you're going past another one and you smell the fries and you're like, shit, I'm, I'm just going to stop. That's how they run their business. That being said, with as many McDonald's as they have, they have millions of, maybe not millions, thousands of applications that come in every year for business owners to open up a McDonald's. And I believe they only give, they only allow 250 new locations every year. So it's really hard to get one of these, which means you have to be, you have to have a very successful business. You have to be like a well-known business owner in that area to get one of these McDonald's, right? They refused to fix our soda machine. So I was working the drive-through. This is this is a person that makes millions of dollars and won't fix the fucking soda machine. I would have to run across the restaurant while white trash uh, Pittsburgh people are yelling at me because they've been in line for ten minutes. They would. I would be running. The floor would be wet. Uh, just disgusting. Just disgusting the way they treat people. Um, on top of that, it being a McDonald's in the hood, it really is. It'll make you consider suicide every day. I would have to walk home and there'd be like just people sitting there doing crack in the parking lot. I remember the the McPlay place. There was two drunk dads that got in a fight and this manager, she was like 19, totally not prepared mentally to run a McDonald's. It's taxing. It takes years off of your life to run something like that. 
because it's depressing to be in a McDonald's in the first place. And on top of that, there's so much stress because there's actual money involved. She broke, had a nervous breakdown while two drunk dads are fighting in the McPlay pen. I don't, when you say that out loud, you just have to be like, I can't believe that that exists. And you, you start to understand why people get addicted to opioids and kill themselves because that's every day of their life. McDonald's uses like literal retard slave labor. I don't, I don't know. I have to say it that way and it sounds harsh, but that's what they do. They're allowed to pay um, like severely mentally ill people less money because, <laughs> because they have to take an extra 30 seconds uh, to explain which area needs to be mopped up. It's absolutely incredible that people get so mad about the idea of introducing any sort of socialistic um, policies into the way people are paid in America because they go, well, what, what, you, you saw what happened to Venezuela. It's like, that's not what they're planning to do. They just want certain areas like where we're using people with a 28 IQ uh, and we're, we have them cleaning bathrooms for $8 an hour that's what they're trying to take away, man. Nobody's saying that we should have uh, whatever it's called, U UBI or whatever, universal basic income. I just don't want people who talk like this to have to fucking clean a bathroom eight hours a day for fries. <laughs> I mean, they literally have a limit on how much food you can get for your meal there. It's dog food. It is made from pink paste. McDonald's should be fucking illegal, dude. It's it's terrible. Um, what do we got Charlie next? Where, what do we go cigarettes. to after that? Oh, when it's it's the, the cigarettes movie. of food. I I am the one who came up with that with that term, and I'm glad you said that. McDonald's is the cigarettes of food. What's next on right, the list? We got uh, Bellevue Diner. So this one um, was right after I had been. Uh, I was trying to get two jobs at once and it was one of the first times in my life where I was really thinking I was going to work hard, but I was, I was buying Kratom from a smoke shop every morning. Like I was <laughs> fucked up all the time. It's, it's not a good habit to pretend that you're working hard. I was literally just spending all of my money on weed and going back and forth between McDonald's and this Greek guy's diner. Uh, really you have to be careful when you go to somewhere that's not corporate because if you're a dumb 19 year old drug addict they will try and ruin your paychecks like they will leave full days off of there because they they don't believe you can do math correctly uh i ended up not staying at that place because the guy he would get mad at me for saying things like cool to customers and then my paychecks would always look wonky and he'd have a reason to be like, no, I don't, I don't think you worked that day. And I legitimately was blacked out. Couldn't remember. So I had, I had to be like, I don't, I don't want to be at this one anymore. That was a very short lived job. Uh, so I don't really have a lot to say about that. Let's move on to the next one's a fun one. What is that? The Hilltop Inn. Yeah, this, this is uh man, this is a interesting one to talk about. This was probably, Almost rock bottom. It's like it was like right there. We're like get, we're into the we're into the crevices of rock bottom. We're sliding down the scale here, uh, because I had recently 
been kicked out of that apartment that I was staying at. Turned out this guy who I thought was my roommate was just stealing the money and waiting to be evicted. He just disappeared one day. And I'm like, I think he might, he might've died. <laughs> I called his phone like 400 times and he just wouldn't answer. And I didn't, I didn't, I thought this guy was kind of a dick anyway. He was one of those people that would watch the same movie like every week. He would just, he would just watch baby driver, which isn't even that good of a film over and over again. Uh, he would let his dog piss and, and shit on the floor smoke cigarettes and put them out on the carpet. Now I'm thinking about it. I do maybe not want to admit this, but I kind of was maybe hoping the guy was dead. I was like, if I just tell the cops that I didn't know where he was the entire time, can they really not believe me? I don't know the guy that well, and he's not really my responsibility. So if I could just have this place, that'd be kind of sick. Uh, no, he was just, just waiting to uh, get kicked out. So one morning I'm sleeping and all of a sudden I, I sleep naked for if I haven't talked about that on the show before. I don't if you sleep with clothes on, I got questions. It's kind of more weird to me that people do that. It feels so nice at the end of the day when you, you just butt ass naked and you stretch for the first time in bed. I don't want layers of clothes ruining that. Um, but I was just butt ass naked and just dead sleep. And all of a sudden I hear. Hi. And I let, I thought I was dreaming for a second. I wake up, this <laughs> 300 pound bald man is in my room. Okay. I didn't even, I didn't, I had never lived in a part in an apartment where I was paying rent to somebody I didn't know before. So I didn't even know the landlord could come in there. I thought that this was a robbery happening right now. I thought there was a Pulp Fiction situation <laughs> going down where a, a man had just been shot and I was being taken away i don't know it was very scary um he looked around thinks that i've been pissing and shitting all over the floors not this guy's dog i i thought he was gonna beat the shit out of me i like had to beg him to let me put on clothes first and he locked the whole place up so all basically this guy stole everything i had because i couldn't get back in there and i had no proof that i ever lived there so he just that's just how the law works i guess um and from there, because because of that, I had to go to the Hilltop Inn and basically just uh, beg those guys for a job, right, and a place to live as well. So it, it ended up being uh, that I was stuck with nowhere to go. I took my last $120 that I had had to beg my mom to get, and I go to this hotel right on the edge of Pittsburgh, like they hid it for a reason. Imagine if there was just a motel surrounded by factories, which is how a lot of them go. But when you're in that sort of area, it just attracts terrible, terrible things. And I've, I've talked about it on the show so many times. I This story is so good, though. I mean, the first day I worked there, I was so excited that I had a place, just had a place to live and didn't have to go back to Minnesota to live with my family again. Not that, not that living with them is that bad. You know, you just, when you're at that age, you want to get out on your own. Right. So I had started living there and I was so excited and very innocent, wide-eyed young little boy, uh, just run up to a room. And that's where I saw the guy in the assless chaps. And I was like, Oh, this is a prostitution slash weird sex slash crack hotel. And now I live here. That was very humbling. Uh, there were people like most of the staff had been to prison together in Kentucky. I remember that. And 
Oh, dude, there's so many disgusting things that happened there. There was one time this guy, Ray, this wasn't a disgusting thing, but it was terrifying and he was blacked out on crack. So I guess it's drug related. This guy named Ray, he was always cool to me. And I remember I would give him five bucks to go pick me up a six pack from the gas station down the street. And it was, you know, I worked a lot because I lived there and I needed the hours. The job paid eight twenty five an hour. And one day our boss saw him giving me a six pack and she's like, no, I don't, you know, I don't care if you buy him beer, you can't be doing that on camera. He's 20 years old. That's illegal. And he thought he was under the impression that I went and told her he was getting me beer. If you know anything about crackheads, you know that their thinking is extremely irrational. I'm trying to check in this family who made the mistake of trying to get a cheap motel. They don't know that it's it, that motel is basically for human trafficking and AIDS sex. And this crackhead named Ray walks in and starts screaming at me. He goes, you don't be putting my fucking business out there. Why the fuck would you tell? I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. The lady had to, my boss had to come in, remove him from the, the actual lobby area and explain to him, Yo, I saw you guys on camera. It doesn't make any sense that he would come tell me this. And the guy immediately comes back to earth. He's like, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Fucking Ray, dude. There was another time where there was this uh, couple that checked in. They weren't a couple. It was a guy obviously cheating on his wife. They just wanted to pay for a room for an hour, which it's like you might as well just say, hey, I'm paying this woman for sex and my wife doesn't know I'm here. Um, and that's fine. I don't really, I don't really care about that. But when I was going to check out their room, we had a policy where in order to get your deposit back, the front desk person had to go do a basic check on the room and just make sure nothing's destroyed. Markel, have you ever seen Dexter? No. So Dexter's job, he's like obsessed with blood, right? Cause something really fucked up happened to him as a kid. And he just loves analyzing like bloody scenes so he's a blood spatter analysis uh, analyst or whatever and he has to figure out what happened based on the projection of blood on the ground or the wall or whatever like that and it's a lot of the show is really cool because they would have youtube clips where actual crime investigators would come on there and be like no that's pretty accurate that's exactly how we would uh how we would investigate that well this this man it looks like a scene from Dexter, except would come. I don't know why, what would possess a human being to do this, knowing that rooms are not cleaned by robots. Okay, floors and walls are not cleaned by robots. This man took a used condom and he had been he had been saving up for a few days and he slapped he slapped it. He put it in his hand like a piece of cheese that he was gonna smack onto a burger, and he smacked it onto the nightstand. And like there was projectile on the walls. And I just, I started hearing the music from Dexter for a second and I'm putting together the crime. I can see the crime happening in my head because there was a literal, literal crime there that took, that took place. All right. And that's, that's the violation of the sanctity of marriage. Uh, that was always a depressing part of it too, was just knowing that the people there you're having a conversation with are, um, just the worst. Like they're they're just in the worst spot of their life. There was this girl I really liked, and she was pretty cute. But I was friends with her boyfriend who lived there too, and he would travel for work or something like that. Right? They're both Percocet addicts, 
And I remember there's this guy named Mario who I thought was pretty cool. He would come down to the desk. He was kind of a douche, but, you know, he wasn't too bad. He was never a dick about things. And he was like, yeah, you, you know, Kelsey or whatever her name was. I don't even remember. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's she's pretty cool. He's like, give him some gives perks the other day. She spent the whole day in my room. I was like, oh, <laughs> that is pure evil, dude. You know, guys, guys like are disgusting, gross, right? Like, I'm not even going to say I would be that shocked to know that that happens at every motel. Like there's a guy giving a girl Percocet so she'll suck him off for a whole day while her boyfriend's out of town, probably looking for more Percocet. Um, just the fact that he would brag about it and he didn't feel bad about it. I was like, that is truly evil. That is truly evil, man. At the end of the day, that girl put herself in that position, whatever she did, you, you know, you got to take accountability. But that's almost like a form of rape, right? Like dangling the literal drugs in front of somebody's face. So that they'll suck you off or something. Just gross, man. Um, that's why that's why that scene in have you ever seen the movie Basketball Diaries? Wait, I'll answer for you. No, you haven't. Um, there's that scene where Leonardo DiCaprio has to let like an old guy suck him off so he can get the money for heroin. And you just see in his face like he's so grossed out and in pain by it. It's really a reason to never try drugs. Um if you're thinking about it, you might end up in a, in a New York subway letting an old man suck you off. Stay away from drugs and uh, the hilltop in, in Kennedy, Pennsylvania. I think that's probably enough on that one. What do we have next? Cub Foods. All right. So this is where I moved back to Minnesota. And I I gotten kicked out of the hilltop in. I guess I'll finish that off by... I was I got back into Zans, right? There was a couple that sell, sold them out of their room. They had two infants living with them. And not only would they leave to go to the Nova Care for like fentanyl every morning, they would just smoke cigarettes and sell Xanax with the two-year-old in the room. And yeah, I feel like I contributed to that business a little bit. But just constantly doing that uh, when you're always on Zans makes you do retarded shit. And I was mad at my manager one day. So I took a, some leftover Chinese and smashed it into her windshield. Of course, it was right in front of a camera because why would she park her car in front of not a camera, right? So the next day I got fired and get kicked out. I'm like, shit, I gotta, I gotta go back to Minnesota. So uh, my poor dad, like I didn't tell him any of this, any of these stories because I just didn't want him to hear them. But you could probably tell. I go, I go look at pictures of myself from those years, and my face just looked different, dude. Like my eyes just looked weird looked old um so he picked me up drove me back to minnesota where i started living with my grandparents and i got a job at cub foods my grandparents got me this job like they were friends with the people at cub foods friends with the workers all that it was a pretty chill one too like i would just you know i, I liked my coworkers. they were all in high school and we would just fuck around they would get on the loudspeaker and just like make fart noises. Or one time they started doing the, the different screams from the original zombies and seeing old people react to that at, at six o'clock in the evening on a Wednesday. It's, I mean, it's blissful. You know, you just, the store is completely silent because they've cut off the music to use the loudspeaker and 30 seconds later you just hear. Mmm. 
<laughs> and dude, I would start crying laughing. That's why it's so fun to work with people who don't give a shit about their job. They don't take it seriously and it makes it so much more fun. You know what I noticed the other day? There's always a uh, like a, a special needs person who works at the bakery. Every single uh, grocery store you go to, just at four o'clock, you'll just hear, make sure you cut. And it's always, it's always like you can barely even hear them. Like they don't know how to use the microphone because nobody showed them. So she called you today and you could use, you could get the, you could get the, the bakery because it's going to be uh, five dollars from 5 p.m. to for the pies at 5 p.m. And you're going, dude, how are they making him do that? That is not fair at all. That's so, and like the teenagers that work there, the high schoolers are just shitheads and they're just laughing their ass off because the guy can't read and they're, they're making him basically do public speaking. Oh my God. You can get the the muffins are gonna do they're, they're gonna do uh six dollars at uh at four o'clock no sorry and at eight o'clock and uh, the bakery will be close at night. And you're just like, dude, that was always hurtful. But I the the reason I mentioned before that Cub Foods was probably close to rock bottom is because of how I got fired. <laughs> I had stopped I had stopped taking Zans for about two months at that point, and then this um uh what was her name? Do you remember Aaliyah? Dude, I'm honestly scared to talk about this girl. She was she was scary. She might be the, the first woman I've ever been scared of in my life. And that's not to say that there aren't women that could oh, that could beat me up. What are you talking about? Dude, she was just um like I don't think she was trans, but she was definitely <laughs> I don't I don't even want to call her a dyke because it was like she was she was Don Dyke. Okay. Like imagine if uh, Gus from Breaking Bad was a, a fat lesbian. You know, that's kind of how it felt. She was she was very cold. Like I would try and I remember whenever I would be doing a drug deal, I would be not only fiending and hoping that it would go over fine so I could be high, but also nervous because a lot of those guys carried guns. And I would get in, I would get in the car and it would be her and her like gross girlfriend. I still remember what her girlfriend looked like too. She's very, just pink hair, obviously. And uh, she would put videos of her like licking her pussy over her jeans, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Oh, this is kind of hot, but I don't like that. I like it." Um, and I would always, I would make a joke. I'd be like, "This weather is crazy, right?" And she would just say nothing. I'd be like, yeah, "Anyway, thank you for the Xanax." And they were always very powerful. They would probably this was right when people started lacing shit. So I'm not using that as an excuse. What I did was just because I was a piece of shit. I got, I took like two of them right before work. And I was like, dude, you know what would make this Xanax so much better? A six pack of Coronas. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going on break. Catch you guys later. I'm gonna go. I have like a cigarette or something. And I just picked up a six pack of beer, went into a bathroom stall and started cracking them. I'm just slamming beer uh, in this shit smelling bathroom while I'm high on Zans as a 20 year old at my cub foods job. And all of a sudden I see uh, a pair of shoes just right outside the stall door. And I was so high and fucked up. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, I'm going to finish these beers. And I was in there so long that the guy was just done waiting. He was like, Hey, hey man, are you in there? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> he said, come on out. 
I just just hear a bunch of it sounded like Rick Sanchez stepping out of his spaceship, just a bunch of glass clinking together. Oh, hold on, we're we're out of we're out of time here. We got to start a new one. We'll we'll continue with this in just a moment. Give me one second. I'm eating. Oh oh, what's what's going on? You eating? Yeah. All right, just just mute it because I got. I'll just keep going on this part. All right, all right. So we left off, yeah. So the guys, you know, the guys like, come on, come on out, and I'm just fucked up. And right there, I was like, dude, what did I just do? My grandparents like come here for fun. Um, really made me for the first time realize how your actions affect other people. That must have been so embarrassing for them, and I, I remember feeling so terrible about that. Um, they didn't even they didn't even call the cops or anything. They're just like, yeah, dude, you're fired. Sorry. And from there. It was a it was a long time of not working and no money. That fucking sucked. Uh, Minnesota in the winter is tough. Being in Minnesota in the winter when it's snowing outside and you have no job and no money is like, bleh. it makes you sad, dude. So I don't miss that. Um, yeah, I really, I really wish I hadn't <clears throat> fucked that up because I think my grandparents lived there for like another three years and they had to go to a different Cub Foods because their grands, they got their grandson a job uh, through people they know and he ended up just drinking their beers in, in the stall bathroom. It's not a good look. I dishonored the family, so to speak. Uh, from there, I made the mistake of going to a temp agency Hey guys, there's a reason they can get you a job right away. Um, it's because they have a list of ones that people don't want and usually result in major injuries. So the next two jobs I did were factory jobs and boy, did they suck lots of cock. Um, imagine if for 12 hours a day, you were just covered in oil, but you're just, you're just covered in oil. Uh, I worked at this place called QA one and they would make, drag racing shocks such a niche thing I, I don't even know anything about that stuff so i had no passion for it and that was the job where i had a friend named joel who lost his finger and they literally gave him, he lost half his finger it wasn't a full finger so you know i guess it's not that big of a deal because they only gave him 40 dollars and two paid weeks off it's a beautiful country it is a beautiful country um while I was working there, I was still friends with um, with Gay Boy, uh, Matt Gaynor, who we mentioned earlier, uh, and he needed a job. So I got him one there instantly, instantly. This guy, he's such an eccentric. And the way I would describe him is he's not an he's not an asshole. He's just severely autistic and nice. Like when you mix those two things together, there's going to be some there's going to be some verbal and communication issues like he would uh question the setup of the machines in the room this guy doesn't know a goddamn thing about mechanics okay he couldn't even fix his own car he hit three deer in one night and drove a car with no front uh bumper or really half of the hood for about two years okay he doesn't know anything about this i just got this guy the job and he's asking my boss if it would be more efficient to have the uh, the tightening machine on the left side of the room. And I'm going, oh my God, right? 
eventually I realized I don't give a fuck about this job. I don't even know why I'm here, which you would think would get me to stop working at, um, at, at factory jobs and stuff. So I left and went to a different factory place after that. But just to give you an idea of why you shouldn't go to temp agencies, it's because there's a reason no one wants these jobs. If you have a potential of dying at your job, do you think $13 an hour is worth that? I'll answer the question for you. No, it's not fucking worth that. Poor Matt, dude. I, I feel really bad for this. A month after I left, he's working in like the same room he's always in. All of a sudden, they get this announcement over the loudspeaker that everyone needs to exit the building. And as he's exiting the building, he sees this red pile of mush on the ground. And it's not a, it's not a super America slushy. It's not um, uh, uh, somebody dropped the jelly they brought to work because, you know, that's that's life in the factory uh, worker's life is you just you have to bring the peanut butter and jelly and bread and keep it in your locker so that you can afford to eat lunch. No, it's somehow worse than that because it was a person. Um, a person had been sucked into a machine and sort of like it was some of it was sucked into the machine and chopped up in there. And then some of it was spit out a little bit. <coughs> um, this place was shut down for about seven days and then they sent everybody back in there. Ew. And you know why they can do that? Because... Oh, sure. Because well no OSHA they I believe they literally <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about that there is maybe some sort of conspiracy to them uh, taking payments and bribes I could see that but they really do like they if they get you on something and there's nothing worked out beforehand they will fuck you the thing is in this country dude all we all we care about is if you have money you can do whatever you want. So you can give people with such low IQ that they have to screw together drag racing shocks like characters from a dr seuss book when you get all those people it's it's totally fine to make them sign a contract that says hey your family will not be compensated if you are sucked into a machine and chopped up we are not legal we're not liable for that it's saying all this in the nine page contract of what type of machinery you're going to work with all that different stuff it's disgusting um obviously we're not at the point yet where uh robots can do all this shit and we're getting there, you know, with automation, especially for jobs like that. And it's going to suck that people are going to lose the, lose those jobs. There are some people out there who that's the type that's the type of job they want to do because it works for them. But at the same time, it's it's fucking crazy that you can make people do that and not compensate them or not have any plan to help them if they get hurt just because that's a risk of the job. No, dude, that's not how that should work in a first world country. That's terrible. Um, it leads me into, into the next job where I was working at another factory and this time we were somehow making something I cared about even less, which was plastic. My job was to work, uh, in a 500 degree oven. I would heat up this big metal mold and then you would melt liquid plastic onto it. Um, and the, the, the plastic rubbery things were literally used for broken air hoses. Okay. If you like, if you do that for a living, your life, I don't care who you are. You, your life means nothing. I'm sorry. Like I, if you're in that position right now, this is your wake up call. If you're making plastic pieces for broken air hoses, I don't either quit or kill yourself, dude, because you're, you're already, you're just actively wasting away. 
Um, that was the first time I realized I was good at man like manipulating people. I, I learned how to like make it look like I was doing something at my job when I absolutely wasn't. Um, this guy who was, I think he was like 70. Okay. So I'm 21. He's got 50 more years of life experience than me. And I'm just like, drinking white claws uh making half of the amount of shit i should every day fucking just just ruining products and being like no i wasn't even the one over there dude <laughs> remember there was a 500 gallon box of this liquid plastic stuff and i would i was running a machine the size of two buses by myself because this place is barely keeping it together because you know china is making everything um, and so I'm running this giant machine that was built in 1960 or some shit. And you have to run with buckets of, of liquid from one spot to the other, uh, with, you, you gotta go to that 500 gallon drum. The thing was full, dude. This is like a thousand dollars worth of product. And I left the spout running. So the entire thing spilled on the floor. And I'm not proud of this, but I, I blamed it on a mentally ill ward veteran. Okay, I, I, <laughs> On a man who protected our freedoms, um, he was not you. His name was Kevin, and he was such a nice guy, too, man. He had PTSD, and I, so I don't know why the fuck he worked in a factory. Like, any time we had this giant machine that would pound hot metal... And you would just hear, you could be at any point, part of the factory and you hear just out of nowhere. And it would make him jump every time. Dude. Like I would be, I'd be around him while he was holding a wrench. And I'd just be like, dude, is he going to turn around and think I'm the Viet Cong? I don't, I'm very, very nervous about this right now. And I'm being a dick right now because he was such a nice guy. Um, but he, he was so shell shocked that like he had lost his hearing in combat. You had to yell things to him. And I was like, I literally was like, I think, hey, man, I don't, I just, you know, I don't even want to be the the one to tell you this, but I think, I think Kevin was over here and he maybe just didn't hear the light go off. So he just didn't know. <laughs> and, and I said it like that, right? Like I was just full on, like I believed it, right? I was full on lying to the, to my boss and he was just like, <sighs> all right, all right. <laughs> And nothing ever came of it. Like I, I, I ruined our a week of production, and just because they didn't have cameras, they had to be like, yeah, I think Kevin left that on. Um, and that's just you know the rest of my life was uh, for the next two years was pretty bad. I think that was probably karma from from that. Um, God, you tell you, I just you can't have any honesty nowadays though because. Does this fire you? And I should have been fired for that, dude. I was, I would get so high at this job. There was a creek that I would go to, a man-made creek, and I would sneak behind there. I'll never forget. It was behind a field full of uh, probably illegal workers. Let's dude, let's be honest. These guys were out there dressed like the average citizens of Machu Picchu, and they're, um picking stuff out of the ground and i'm going i don't think this is legal not a single one of them is white and we're in lakeville minnesota this is something is going on in this area and they were definitely doing a lot of sketchy shit out there they were getting away with a lot of osha violations um and i would just go over there and smoke 
and hide basically try and hide from the police. That's one thing I hated about Lakeville is the police were bored. So they're looking for guys like me. I have 30 minutes. It's a five minute walk to get over there. And I just have a one hitter and a gram of weed. I remember I would like do meal prep with my weed and break it up <laughs> into little baggies every morning. I would just grab one on my way out. It ruined my fucking day if I forgot it. And um I would I would bring that trying to smoke weed on the way over there. There was one day where the cops just rolled behind me to fuck with me. It's like, dude, I have to throw out half a joint now. I I hated it. Uh, that was the job. And I think I've told this story on the podcast before. It's worth telling a hundred times. Like I just, if there's any new listeners, you need to hear the story. There's a guy named Martin and he, he could barely speak English. He was a really nice guy. I, I remember him telling me he had three kids and one day he never missed work, dude. He would stay late to finish his shit too. He was a hard worker and he had three kids, right? And the reason I think he was a, an illegal immigrant is just because he would put up with this stuff. Do you, Markel, do you remember this story at all? I'm not sure what story you're referring to. Okay, so my job was to make the air hose covers, right? This guy was, his job was to make the chains for swing sets. So they're covered in that rubber coating, right? Right. I had never paid attention to what he does. He worked in a different part of the factory than me. And so they asked me to do his shit one day. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help him out. Try and actually work hard today because he cares about this job. I get over there and I realize Martin's job is to heat up the metal chains to 500 degrees like I do with the molds that I make. And then he has to walk up a flight of stairs so that he can get to a bucket that's tall enough to dip the chains in. Then walk back down the stairs, walk backwards down the stairs with swinging, dripping, <laughs> molten hot chains in work boots. And he would do that for 12 hours a day, man. And I got through two of them. I said, I'm, I'm sorry, you guys, I'm not doing this. If I, if I take one misstep, I'm going to look like fucking Two-Face from Batman. Okay, that's not, that's not fair for $14 an hour and no benefits. Go fuck yourself. Fire me today. You know what I mean? Right. I, God damn, dude. And it's, it's all about realizing that I was the one... Uh, who, who got myself into that position, right? I was, it was my fault that I was there in the first place. And so as I slowly started realizing that, I got into better jobs, but it took, it took one more bad one, okay? I'm involved in a lawsuit right now. <laughs> I'm literally involved with a company-wide lawsuit for the next job that I went to. What was the name of that one, Marco? King's Restaurant. Oh, what a place. I miss I miss Jasmine. She was a, she was a hot manager I had. She was like um, she was like a thick white girl with glasses that hated everyone. And that's dude. There's something about that that just oh my god used to drive me crazy. Um, and you know you should know that dating your manager is a terrible idea. I can't believe I don't think I've ever really talked about her much. I said something really mean in like episode three, and I cut it out. That's what that's that part. I think I I called her a bitch or something which I totally take back. I was, I was having issues and so was she, but it was a mutual thing, you know? Um, but dating, dating a manager is a terrible idea. Fucking your manager. That is a, that is so smart. If you're just fucking your manager and you're not like spending weekends at their house, um, they're just going to be nice to you. They're always going to treat you very well. Uh, you're always going to get preferential treatment. You're going to basically get to make your own schedule 
because that at the end of the day, you're you're providing an extra service. Let's be honest. And that could be, you know, if you're in my position where you're just a server and uh, and it's the manager, or it could be the vice versa, right? Which I'm pretty sure like a guy just got fired from in the NBA. It's so crazy to me. Um, and the reason they said they fired him was because he was he was like the the president of a team, right? And he maybe he was the manager of basketball operations. That's sort of like a GM type deal for the NBA. And he was caught like it came out that he was hooking up with uh, an employee that was below him. And people were so upset about it. And it's like, guys, I, I get that if it came out that um, he was being like, you want if you want to get this raise, you're going to have to suck my dick. Or if you want if, if it was even worse, like if you want to keep your job, you're going to have to fuck me. Right. But she she didn't say anything of that. She said it was completely consensual. And so I'm going, dude, we're human beings. All right. I don't understand this. If I have to work with a girl every day and I'm like getting to know her a little bit, that's why uh, people watch certain porn. Let's just be honest. Like you watch if you watch teacher porn, you're probably picturing one of your teachers. Right. If you're uh, uh, maybe teachers is like the reverse thing. They watch the schoolgirl stuff because they're really weird and they're a male teacher that works at a girls only school. That's a red flag, by the way. I would, I would honestly, I would say right now, if you have a child, don't send them to a school where it's all the same gender. Anybody, any teacher that wants to work at a school where it's all one type of kid, that's kind of terrifying. Um, anyway, you get my point, like working with somebody and getting to know them. And they're like, when you're working at serving jobs and shit like that, they're wearing yoga pants every day. They're like wiping flour <laughs> on their ass. And um, you we all know, dude, like even if you have a girlfriend or boyfriend, if there's an attractive person at work and they find you at least a little bit attractive, you're going to flirt. Like there's that hilarious joke on Twitter, like your girlfriend at her job right now getting tickled by Duran. And I'm like, <laughs> that is true. There is a smooth talking black waiter that works with your girlfriend that is probably tickling her at her job right now. And that's not, that's just kind of the human condition, right? That's why people need to go to work. It's healthy to uh, be away from your significant other. And that's why it doesn't work if you're sleeping over at your coworker's house. You're around each other too much. My point is you can't, you can't expect two people that are attracted to each other to constantly work together and not have that stuff happen. That's just not how people work. You know what I mean? Right. Have you ever had that happen where you were like, damn, this, this girl is fine as fuck, but I like this job. Yeah, not going to lie. I would let it, I would let it ruin my job today. I swear to God. Um, I can't, like, I just, it's so difficult to not flirt with that person because uh, you're going to see them on a regular basis. So you want to like impress them just because they're hot and stuff. And then if they're not shitty, because you're getting to know them. It's like it's like being sitting next to a, a girl in class and maybe you didn't think she was the hottest, but now you have a, she's not the hottest girl in the class, but now you have a crush on her. It's like there is something to when you get to know them. And on top of that, you're around them all the time and they're hot. I don't know. I feel like I talked about that too much. It just bothers me that it's such a taboo thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Let's see. After that, what that's that's so probably why'd you get fired. That. Oh yeah, this was this was bad. I I spit in a person's food, and then somebody told on me. And yeah, dude, that's just that's too far. I think I you mean, did more than spit in their food. 
Oh, you're talking about the time before that. That was, this is a good fun one. Um, I didn't get caught for this, but I was having a real bad day. Um, and this is probably still, I feel bad about this one because this woman, she was just being kind of annoying. She wasn't being a cunt. And the food there was awful. I bet you she had never been to this place before and she just saw it on her way to the airport. She's like, I'll just, I'll go there. It really probably wasn't her fault. Uh, she asked for a salad. I bring her a salad and you know, I was pretty good at making them. They're very easy. You just stack it up and make it look presentable. And she goes, Hey, I'm sorry. This lettuce isn't very fresh. Uh, do you think I could get another one? And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I bet you, you know, it could have been that we just put a new bag and let me go get you a brand new one. No charge. Right. I come back with that one. I make, the, I had made the whole thing again. And this is while I had other tables. Right. And I, I let her eat it for like three minutes, come back and check on her. I'm like, is it, uh, is it tasting any better? She says no again. Okay. I repeat the process. The same thing happens. Now I'm pissed. Now I'm bringing back, now I'm going to make a fourth salad. And I go, you know what? Fuck this lady. And I took all of the lettuce that I was going to put in the bowl. It's, it must've looked insane, dude. I unhinged my jaw like a snake and I stuffed it in there. I had to like push it in with my hands. I was gagging. I was gagging like you like porn in 2006. They would do that really sad thing where they'd make a girl like shove her own fist down her throat. That's what I looked like, except I was covered in pizza sauce and I had an apron and a King's like a big shirt on the back. I think it said like smile or something very Joker esque as I'm just doing an extremely dark, mentally ill thing. And I, I stuffed it all in my mouth and I, and I pushed it all back out of my mouth onto the plate and then i do i put all the rest of the toppings back on out there and i said it in such a cunty way like i was almost warning her that i was doing this i was like and i i sat there i was like why don't you just, why don't you just try this one for me and i'll just if it's bad again i'll make it again and she takes a bite of it and i go is that a little fresher for you and she goes that's great <laughs> oh my god dude and i just I what this episode is making me realize is I was a piece of shit employee and a bad person. <clears throat> I should wait until uh, after I do the interview with Coach Carl to put this out. I'm afraid he's going to hear it and be like, "I don't want to. I don't want to hang out with this guy." <laughs> I'm going. I'm supposed to meet this guy at an ad at an address that I don't know tomorrow. He's a psychopath. What the fuck? Um. God, my next coworker is going to walk in on me podcasting here. That's not good because we still have, <laughs> dude, we still have so many more jobs to go here. Ugh. We're like halfway done. Fuck it. If I, see, if I see him coming in, we'll do a pause and then we'll finish the episode when I get home. Or I'll, you know what? We won't even do that. If we see him come in, I'll take the laptop and I'll finish it on the balcony like where we were talking the other day. Um, this guy I work with, geez, man, it's, it's why I really, really stress that your job should not be your one, number one thing in life, unless you're making a lot of money or you have kids that are depending on you. This guy, you know, God bless him. He's a really nice dude. Um, but he just, and it feels so dick to talk about. And that's why I'm prefacing. He's a nice guy, right? Uh, yeah, his wife died. He's a little bit of an older guy. So he's just very lonely. And I think he's very bored. So he always works at 11 o'clock. That's his start time. That's when I get off. And he gets here at 9pm. 
and he just sits here and he watches the security office. So I'll like be trying to like fish uh, uh, my my weed or something out of my backpack, and he'll just be like, "What do you got? What do you got going there? What's uh, what's going on?" Or he'll do something like I was making the jokes, Markel, when we were talking about this the other day, and I was like, "Do you remember?" Buzz Killington from Family Guy. It's a if you watch Family Guy, you know who I'm talking about. It's a cutaway scene where they'll be like, "This guy's more of a Buzz Kill than Buzz Killington," and the scene cuts to a college frat party. There's a bunch of drunk guys waving their shirts around, like "Whoa!" like slamming beers, and Buzz Killington comes in. He's like, "Let's discuss the differences in bridge making between the early 1600s and the early 1800s." Quite the change in structure, if you ask me. <laughs> and everybody in the room is like, oh, I came down the other day and he and his partner who he works with uh, during the night shift are down here. And they're like, hey, how's your day going? And I'm like in a crate, like a way better mood than I am regularly, just like in general. All the shirts sold out that day. Thank you to everybody for that. I found out I was going to get this next big guest on the podcast and they're asking me and I'm telling them about the podcast. I'm all, all excited. Right. And the guy goes, well, that's cool. Uh, I was going to ask you, have you taken a look at the pass down lately? Pass down is like, you know, the information that goes to the nighttime people. And I just like immediately, I just was like, because oh. I knew it was going to be tough. He proceeds to take the next five minutes to explain to me how to better align paragraphs uh, when you're using spreadsheets. <laughs> like just saying that hurt my stomach a little bit. Like it made it made me stressed out to say that because of how bad like I was on such a high. I was like, dude, yeah, yes, I can't believe that worked out. And I'm like, I try not to tell people at work about the podcast, but I was so excited I couldn't contain myself. The second I finish my sentence about it, he just goes, now, have you ever, have you ever looked at the backwards P here? Do you know what that means? And I just, I was like, uh, uh, oh yeah, it's a paragraph. I remember learning that in English class. He goes, aha, that's what I thought you'd say. That's the white backwards P. You see how this one's a bit bolder? Yeah, that's for paragraph alignment. Now, if you take a look at yesterday's pass down, there is a bit of a difference between the start of the paragraphs on pages one and two and the ones when we get into three and four. And I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, I we have food stamps and I didn't even come up with this concept for a joke. I don't even know whose joke I'm copying or stealing right now, but there needs to be food stamps for pussy. There really does, man. You know, we need to be able to for guys like that. We need to be able to get them. Just, I'm not even saying it has to be a blue chip. I'm not saying three. You the government should have to pay a hooker three hundred dollars for that. Can we get? Can we get a a, a six? You know, a, a lady who's thirty five and she's on her way out. She's like a Matt Ryan of prostitutes. Okay, she's just trying to make a few dollars and get one more chance at this. Can we get him a six? Andrew Yang, I think that's why he should be, he should be president. Uh, he would do things like that. Um. Okay, let's let's just move on from that one and get into one of the only jobs I have ever enjoyed. Can we talk about this next one, please? Fairfield Inn. Okay, imagine this. Imagine this, the listener, Markel, whoever you are right now. Imagine if you got paid to take naps, podcast, drink beer, and masturbate. 
Imagine, dude, imagine if that was your fucking job, okay? Because I did that and I got paid for it for about eight months straight. Um, after I got fired from Kings, I was like, I'm just, you know what? I can't let myself have to move back to Minnesota. I was very motivated. I printed out 10 resumes and I handed them all out one afternoon. Immediately got a call back from this place. The manager was super cool. They, he gave me a spot on the job. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe how easy this job was. For anybody who's a lazy fuck like me, I can't stop burping from that smoothie. I drank a smoothie and a C4 right before this. And they are warring it out in my stomach right now. Um, but for anyone who is a lazy fuck like me, a perfect job for you. I, I swear, just please go try a front desk job at a hotel. Nobody is traveling right now because um, everybody's broke and the airlines are trying to get back all the money they lost from the pandemic. So flights are back up. On top of that, businesses are saving money by making people do shit over Zoom. So most of these hotels, the maximum capacity during a non-holiday weekend is like, it's like 60%. So you're not constantly getting up and doing things. The most amazing part about this job is when I started, I'm not kidding, a month later, the pandemic started. And it was very scary because um, I they, they laid off half of the front desk people and they decided to keep me because I was able to do 40 hours a week. And at this time, I didn't know that they were going to literally be giving people $3,000 a week because they couldn't work at Burger King for a month, you know? Um, and watching that, it was scary at first because everyone left the hotel on the same day. As soon as the CDC released that thing, they're like, this is pretty serious and we don't know how many people are going to die. Businesses shut down. Hotels were empty. There was like, it was like watching uh, an apocalypse movie of where people were trying to get out of the city because we were right next to Pittsburgh. Um, we got 10 minutes here before we're going to have to start another one. And I think I'll probably just head out to the balcony when this 10 minutes is up. Um, but for this job, they had me wear... A, a fucking COVID mask and gloves and I'm wearing my stupid ass like light blue Fairfield insured that's that they force you to wear as people are leaving in mass droves. Okay. There's a fight for people to get out of the parking lot because the liquor store and the hotel shared an entrance into this massive parking lot, very poorly designed. There's five businesses for one area. So all the people that aren't going to be able to afford to get out of the city are trying to stock up on booze while everybody else is trying to get out to the airport. It was absolute chaos, dude. Uh, on top of that, they got me in a mask and gloves, pouring out milk and pouring and discarding old food because they thought it might be an I am legend type virus. And I started to realize like it really hit me. I was like, dude, I can't believe like, like just because I didn't finish college, I'm going to, I'm going to die now. Like I'm a trench digger in the fucking plague. I'm the, I'm the guy from um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's walking around, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. And he's just handling bodies that are riddled with the black plague like i was like they're, they're putting me on this because i'm worth ten dollars an hour and everybody is so scared if it wasn't bad they wouldn't be shutting down businesses like this i've 
I've never seen, even during H1N1 or Ebola, which was really killing people just in way less cases, um, they weren't they weren't shutting barely anything down. They were just, you know, having pr protective measures. Everyone is leaving and I'm going, dude, I'm I'm going to start getting sick. Like I'm going to I could really die from this. I have no choice because if I stop working and I quit, they're not going to give me the pandemic money. You couldn't you couldn't get money if you didn't have a note from a doctor that said you had to quit your job. So at first I'm thinking I'm going to die. After two weeks of nothing happening, I realized, dude, I hit the fucking jackpot here. I mean, I didn't have to do anything. I was getting paid to check in one person a day, and then I would just go back and forth between drinking beer, jerking off, doing a podcast, and watching movies. And I think, dude, I think it might legitimately be the happiest I've ever been, which brings me into another topic. If you're if you're comfortable in your in the position you're in, that's it. That's a choice, man. And I'm not sure that it's a good one. I'm not sure. Again, like it comes into, uh, are you making money and do you have kids? If the answer is no and you're comfortable, that's a problem. Uh, because I was comfortable there, I was just I was not progressing in life at all. And I'm still a piece of shit now. Okay, I'm still getting stuff together here. I'm I'm broke. I'm in debt. Uh, the podcast, I, I'm at like negative $2,000 that I've made on this podcast now. But at least, you know, I'm getting to a point where I, I live in a better place. Um, you know, I have a better living situation going on. I have a better job, those sorts of things, right? When I was at this job, I was making 10 bucks an hour and I'm working in Manaka, Pennsylvania. Markel, just, just say that out loud for a second. Just say Manaka, Pennsylvania into the mic real quick. Manaka, Pennsylvania. You are now 10% less happy just from saying it, dude. They had to um they had to have a statewide vote about this factory that they were gonna put in there. It's literally the Death Star, bro. Like if the Death Star produced like plastic, um they just made all these different little, you know, trinkets and plastic things for companies and stuff. It was so large that it took five years to build, and there was so much pollution from it, it actually lowered the population in that area. People started moving. Uh, Donald Trump was, like, involved with the making of it. That was the whole thing about fracking and stuff like that. Uh, the whole pollution thing got brought into it. And so this was, like, a big deal. Um, it was – it ruined that area. It just got visibly grayer, okay? And so while this job was awesome – and I really, I do miss it. It was so easy, dude, because I was not even trying and I was doing better than the people around me. I'm not fucking kidding you when I tell you I lived in a neighborhood where people actually had their washer and dryer outside. You know what I mean? Like it, and it was so comfortable. My, I wasn't living near my family really. Uh, so nobody could see how much of a garbage person I was. And I miss that. But at the same, my point is at the same time, that's a, that's like a waste of life, dude, to be just, you're just going into a job in a shitty town with a shit, a bunch of shitheads who get mad at you for not having their bagged breakfast ready on time. Hey, here's another thing. Markel, you know what a stipend is, right? You've heard that word. Yeah. 
So they were this this place. A lot of the reason people would travel to go to it was they were paying like twenty four dollars an hour in Pittsburgh. And if you don't know anything about Pittsburgh, when you compare that to the cost of living, that is a sweet fucking deal. Um, you're just contributing to the end of the earth. That's the only trade off. And so like they would get mad if you didn't have their Jimmy Dean's breakfast. The Jimmy Dean's breakfast sandwich that we would provide tasted like the color gray. That's what it tasted like, dude. It tasted like if a marker was a sandwich. It was disgusting. Um, it tasted like foam shit, okay? And these guys were being paid 22 to $25 an hour based on their experience. And on top of that, they would, be, they would give them $100 a day. And if you don't spend that $100, you can't save it. It's like, a, it's like a budget you have for that day to spend on food and gas and all that different stuff. And they, would, they, they refuse to go to breakfast. What kind of piece of trash are you that you're like you're trying to find a way to use that $100 in a way that you, you can just still uh, have a free breakfast for that? Like you're drinking juice out of a out of a can. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't it was one of those cans. Oh, fuck. I fucked up the mic there. Thank God it didn't turn off again. Um it was one of those. You remember in elementary school, it was like shaped like a can, but you had to peel back the foil and it was plastic and there would always be a little piece of cardboard glue on the end that, that would touch your tongue whenever you took a sip. You remember those? Uh, I don't know. I don't really recall those. Dude, they were, they were gross and there would be adult men angry at me because I didn't have one ready for them right away. Go fuck yourself. You trash monster. Get some McDonald's on the way to the site. Like a person. This is not elementary. This is not an elementary school field trip. You know what I mean? It makes me mad when people are that cheap. Okay. It really does. And maybe that's the reason I'm in debt and other people like are just happy with get up, go to work, go home, you know, but I can't, I can't imagine being that bland of a human being where you can just be okay with uh, eating a Jimmy Dean's breakfast sandwich every fucking morning. Oh my God. I can't stop burping. What's next? What what do we got for the next one? Uh, Cortland Bill Billmore. Now, now, Markel, that's an eight-letter word, and it's two syllables, and it took you three tries to pronounce it. Do you feel bad about that at all? Not at all. Okay. Um, I handwriting <laughs> shitty. I know, I know. I'm fucking with you. My R's look like they look like a different letter in a different language. This guy's going to be here any second and I don't need him telling on me for doing a podcast at work. So I'm going to pause this since we're almost out of time and we'll finish up with the last uh, seven jobs here. Jesus Christ. Uh, when I get up to the balcony. Okay. Peace. All right. Part three. Here we go. This will be the last part here. I almost made it out the out of there without without seeing him. He stopped me and he's like, "So I just had to turn off the fountain by the west lawn." I was like, "Dude, I, okay, thank you. See you later. Thank you." Um, where did we leave off here? We talked about the Fairfield, and then we went to the Cortland Biltmore, dude. That was when I took a flight out here. I was feeling real good about myself. Um. Cause I, I had like five grand and I was going to a brand new, exciting place. 
Next thing I know, I get here and I'm at the bottom of the food chain, right? Like the place I worked at was 30 year old millionaires, just, just the, you know, just a bunch of duds as far as dudes. And then it was all old ladies and the hottest girls ever. And then they were all rich. So you can imagine uh, how, how they treated the help around there. I had one lady literally yell at me because the printer wouldn't work. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not doing this on purpose. And it's, it's also like, that's not part of my job description is to print things out for you. I'm just supposed to let in <laughs> delivery people and shit, you know, that you can't tell them that it was very, it was a very dick sucky job. Like they were always like, you can't now make sure the, uh, the customer's always right here. You never want to disagree with one of the tenants. And I'm like, dude, fuck the tenants. They can suck my cock. I don't, I'm not just going to constantly be like, um, how do you even compare it? You remember Mr. Mosby? the way he would act when there was like a really important guest at the hotel in Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. He'd be like, welcome. Yes, of course I can get that for you. I'm not going, I'm not doing that, dude. You know what I mean? If you're not going to like pay me like a, like a person, then no, then no, thank you. So being around extremely rich, extremely young people, they, they would like bully me. And <laughs> it was like an, a version of adult bullying, dude. It's very, it's very girl stuff. Um, there's this guy named Connor, and he'd be like, so what's going on, dude? You still got your apartment? And it'd be like in front of hot girls. And I'd be like, yep, yep. And he's like, that's Camelback Flats, right? I'm like, yep. And he'd just be like, dude, love that for you. And I could just, you knew he was like making fun of me. And it was, it was really tough because I'm, they're in there and like, you know, it's a Saturday afternoon. So they're just drunk in, in bikinis and bathing suits. And I'm in a full suit in July, just like, I, yes, I don't work at the bar, but I can probably bring you another white claw. Like, it's just demeaning, you know? I felt like a butler. That'd be a, that'd be a tough job for me. I'd be like, you fucking do it. You fucking, it's your garbage. I just picked it up last night. Why is it full again? Be fired within a week. Uh, from there, I went to a pretty sweet gig where I did the Hulu training and then quit after they paid me for the training. That was pretty sick. Um, and basically what I learned is that there is a lifestyle for anyone who wants to try this. Let me know how it goes. It's a little bit risky if you don't have some expendable cash in the bank, but technically couldn't you just like find out which places have training programs over zoom and then just quit every time you're about to start the actual work. Like that's dude, that's pretty much exactly what I did. I would fall asleep while we were on the calls for these Hulu things. And it was unbelievable that they made us do this much training. Like talk about a job designed for people with low IQs. They had to train us on how to talk to people. You know, if you can't do that already going into a customer service job, I'm not sure that it's going to work out. They, they would ask us questions like, now here's an example where Miss Johnson, she's a little bit older and uh, she's having a bit of trouble with the new Hulu smart remote. Uh, you starting to get a little frustrated here as, as you've told her three times how to use it. What do you think your approach should be? And the next, the two options would be like, I'm sorry, ma'am, I can't help you. Or let me transfer you to someone else who can better assist you. It's like, if you can't answer that, like, what are we doing here? You're spending money on this. And so I would take advantage of that because the questions were so stupid that I could sleep through them. And by looking at the, like, I would know when they called on me because they would, they would provide like a little ding, like a thing would come up 
when you were called on and would go ding and it would wake me up. And I swear to God, like seven times I came back into consciousness, looked at the screen and just said, <laughs> yep. And that's why uh, that's why it's always important to remember that the customer comes first, because without the customer, there really is no company. And they would be like, that's very good, Joey. You know, um, there was uh, there was another time there's this kid named Daniel. I've talked about Daniel before. And he was like, um, I mean, clearly was like raped as a young boy. Like, you know, you know, when a, a gay guy is super like he's very into everything. That's I always go. Something happened. Something happened. What is this guy trying to cover up mentally? Because gay people in general, they aren't they aren't bouncing off the walls with excitement about their Hulu job. All right. They've been through enough shit to where they're going to they're just not going to take something like that that crazy serious, except for the ones that do. And it's always, I'm always going, what happened here? Uh, his name wasn't Daniel. It was Davey, actually. It was the, probably, that is probably maybe the gayest name possible is Davey. And he would talk like this. And I swear to God, he would, this guy wasn't, um, he wasn't a supervisor. He wasn't involved with the training program. He was just somebody who was trying to work for Hulu. And he would go through the chat and try and find out if people were listening or sleeping. I swear to God. And I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be harsh here, but I, I, I do think that people like that should probably be exterminated. Now, hold on. Now, hold on. I'm not, I'm not talking about the gays and I'm not talking about like if your supervisor, if that's your job to go through and uh, pick out one by one who's sleeping, that's your job. That's one thing. If you're doing that for pleasure, Dude, you're like somebody who you're like a cop who wants to be a meter maid. You know what I mean? If you're so if you're so smart and you think you can run things, you're clearly you've been too lazy or too much of a pussy to try and get an upper management position, which is why you're applying for customer service. So not only have you not earned the ability to try and call people out on that, you're a fucking dick. <laughs> like I've seen it. I've seen it too many times where somebody, an adult will tell on another adult and it doesn't benefit them in any way. And I just, I don't understand that. It's, it goes back to, we were just talking about the pandemic for like 30 minutes there. There were actually people, I don't know if this happened in Minnesota, in Pennsylvania, there were people reporting other people for going on a jog without a mask. I, I, I truly, some people are so bored and sad about their lives that they have to blatantly, transparently go and, and ruin somebody else's shit. Like just ruin their afternoon if they can. I don't get that. I'm depressed. I'm angry. I have anxiety. I have all these negative things. And when I, if I accidentally get somebody in trouble, I feel like a piece of garbage. You know what I mean? Right. Um, that was, that was pretty much the extent of that one. Uh, it was pretty awesome because I, I quit and then um, found, found a $20 an hour job the next week. Who ended up fucking me over in the long run? The next on there. What is the next one, Markel? Epicy Energy. That's right. That was the door-to-door -door solar job. Um, that sucked so much. It really it did help me a lot with confidence, I guess. Uh, it taught me that, you know, does, if this guy says no to this or whoever says no to this, fuck them. You, you throw out a thousand questions or a thousand asks, you'll probably get one yes. But it was set up to fail. Like it was just so obvious that this was a scam. You know, there I 
like I don't really know what the scam is. I don't think I, I'm probably one of these people who would have fallen for this. Uh, it just it's one of those things where it's too good to be true. Like the government will give you a massive discount on your electric bill if you just let them put solar panels up there. And I think the big argument is that uh, a lot of people are like, fuck solar, and they don't think it's going to be the energy of the future, which it is. And they're just like, I'm not going to be able to sell my house once I have, you know, blue mirrors on my roof. Anyway, that job was insane because it was a bunch of guys that looked like me or some that were like not even as close to as good looking as me. And I'm a solid seven, I would say. My personality could probably bump it to a 7.5 or an eight. And part of door-to-door sales when you're selling a scam, when you're selling something that's overall going to damage someone's life majorly in the long run, it's just like serving, right? You have to be a hot girl. And it was like, it was so funny to see because we would go over all of our sales from the previous day, uh, right before we would go out and walk door to door. And there were these three chicks, all three of them were hot and they were leading by like five sales every single day. And you'd be like, is, is nobody noticing a pattern here that this girl has like perfect legs? Like they were, like they were drawn by a Pixar artist and I'm walking up to the door so sweaty. I so sweaty, dude, because I had to carry my backpack to keep water in it. And you could just see the sweat going through the handles of the backpack through the shoulder parts. And when I come up to the door, they had us wearing just white shirts, plain white shirts uh, that said Advocacy Energy on it, going to these doors at eight o'clock at night when it's dark outside. It looked like I was trying to commit a home invasion every time I would go up to one of these places. And that was a very, that was a very dumb thing to do because I signed a contract where uh, they were like, yeah, it's $20 an hour. Um, but after this date, if you don't get this many appointments for a week, cause we were trying to set up appointments so that they could talk to them about solar. Right. And it got to a point where they were like, uh, yeah, if you, if you don't get this many uh, by this many weeks, then blah, blah, blah. You, you don't get your paycheck that week. Bro, I set, up, I set up the most appointments I had ever had. And the, the closers, they call them, the people that actually know about the solar shit and know how to scam people, fucking forgot to go to them. They just forgot. And so the, because I signed a contract as an adult, like as a 23-year-old, I signed a contract that said... Yeah, if, if this many meetings don't uh, happen, then you don't have to pay me. Like, dude, they just they just probably didn't think those ones would go through and said, oh, I forgot. Now, legally, I don't have to pay this guy. It was going to be a $900 check with those bonuses. And so I tried to talk to, what the fuck is it called? The attorney general's office. They It took them seven months to respond, and they just said, fuck off. Like, you, can, you can legally steal money from people. You just have to get a really good lawyer. You know what I mean? Um, I really, really wish I had never done that job <clears throat> after that was when I was going to get the job as a, a trucker, bro, a trucking broker. And they took it away from <laughs> me. It was going to be 50 grand a year, dude. I was so excited. 50 grand plus commission. And they took it away uh, the day before I was supposed to get it because of a fight I got in when I was 18 years old. Really life just kicks you in the sack sometimes. And so instead of like dusting myself off and getting back up and trying to, you know, be an adult about it, I went into 
a crazy bad bitch mode depression and I didn't work for like three months and I got in some crazy debt. Uh, eventually just had to figure it out, you know, and, and just say, I got to suck it up. I got to take this $14 an hour job at extended stay America, which I believe is the next one on the list. Correct. Correct. So if you don't know about extended stay America, it's basically like, a giant commie block for prostitution, human trafficking, and drug dealing. Even more so than the Hilltop Inn, because this one's in a place, These they put them in places like Phoenix, where it's called Extended Stay America, because it's, it's basically saying unhoused citizens America. Unhoused American citizens is what it should be called, because it's for people that can't <laughs> get onto a lease. Like, they can't not only can they not get onto a lease, they don't have any relatives or anyone that trusts them to live with them. So imagine if you put a four-story building with uh, 20 floors on each room and a minimal budget for keeping, keeping things running, put that all together and it just creates a cesspool of garbage. I've never seen so many roaches in my life, dude. Uh, <laughs> I've never met so many shady people, really. Um, I, I was almost fighting people at the desk because I just, they would argue with you about shit you'd explain to them 10 times. And it started getting to the point where they'd be like, all right, come across that desk then, bitch. Come across that desk then. And like the 16 year old manager would have to break me up from fighting with this clearly mentally ill individual on multiple occasions. Um, there was constant domestic violence. We had to have the police there all the time. Um, it was really, you know, sad because another thing they do is they can charge based on the market. So I feel really bad for people that were out here just living their life and they got their roots here and just were broke. All of a sudden it turns into a ridiculous cost of living, even if you don't have a place to live. Like they, this place smells like garbage on every floor because they can't, they don't have enough money to hire enough workers to get the garbage out of there in time, like in a day's shift they'll have two people working for 160 rooms. And so it just, it's infested with rats and roaches and garbage everywhere. And it's really, it's really heartbreaking when you see a, a kid in there. I, I almost like, I almost threw up and cried at the same time. There's this kid there with his dad and they were like, uh, yeah, you know, we were wondering if uh, we could get the, couch extended we're having trouble doing it i don't know i think it might be stuck or something could you go take a look and i was like oh yeah man those things they kind of suck you got to uh, sort of lift this side while you're pushing out they're, they're a little bit cheap so i get in there and this kid was sleeping on the couch because he's you know very small can fit on there and his dad's sleeping in a king size bed to save money and i open up the couch to turn it into a bed and there's just an there's just a pizza in there like this, this child, man, had been sleeping on, on a drug addict's pizza for God knows how many, how many days. And if you know anything about roaches, dude, they're extremely good at hiding and they are extremely good at avoiding humans. That's why you can, you can have them and not even know it. And it, it, this kid was basically sleeping on a pile of roaches for about $170 a night. That's pretty horrible. That's pretty terrible. Um, and it wasn't even like they were there for the dad's business or something. They were just living there while they were trying to find another place to be. 
uh, really sad stuff. Um, let's keep moving on here. I, I almost think we can we can basically almost just skip this next one, which is uh, which is what again? Built more on the lake. Yeah, basically what I learned from this is you don't want to be doing um, an office job where you have no privacy. Uh, if they, if your boss can see you the entire time and you have to wear a suit and answer the phone, your life is going to be hell. Don't work at a department complex that isn't a luxury apartment complex. You will literally get calls about roaches and sh human shit coming through people's faucets every day and they will treat you like it's your fault. Because they're that angry that they have no choice about living there and spending almost every dime they have to keep their rent up to date. Uh, I would really, really not recommend doing that. Um, we can, we can just, we yeah, we can move on from that one. Uh, what do we got next? Space massage. Now, this one I, I was fired from because I had no car and I was working there in the summer, and it's basically impossible to get anywhere without looking like you're in a. Uh, early 1900s Western. Like everywhere you go, if you don't have a car, you're covered in dust and sweat and just dirt. You wash your hands and they're, they're just, it's just black dirt coming off of them. So really at the end of the day, I was fired from this job because I was taking showers in this man's sink. You know, and I was getting there, there'd be like, there'd be like people in the lobby trying to relax for a massage. And I was the, um, I was the front desk guy. I get in there completely out of breath. My face is the color of a tomato that's just starting to ripen. And on top of that, I'm wet. Like I look like I just swam through a lake to avoid a killer. I'm just, <sighs> hey guys. <sighs> and then I would have to go in there and I would have to take the, I would have to lean into the sink and take and angle my hands after washing them. I have to get completely naked so that um, I could cool my body down. I thank God, dude, there was multiple times where if I would have forgotten to um, lock the door, I probably could have been charged for something for, for the way that it looked. Like I would I'd be butt ass naked with no shoes on in a public restroom, leaning my head into this fucking uh, sink. Uh, obviously, the door locked, but I just I think that too many people were picturing that. And so they moved on. It was a pretty cool job. I, you know, I really enjoyed it. But my boss was kind of like. You know, he's one of those guys that was into energy. He refused to wear shoes inside of the place because he, he felt that the closer he was to the earth, the better he would massage people, which is an incredibly gay and stupid thing to think. But, you know, I, I don't know. I guess massage people are into that. They'd sell like crystals and shit, bath bombs. It, was very, it had a very cult vibe. And the guy was very intimidating, but he wasn't, he wasn't mean. He was just, just weird, man. I don't know. Uh, he fired me the night that I was getting ready to go to bingo. He was like, oh, I never seen you dressed up like that before. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm hosting bingo. I know it's kind of stupid, but yeah, it's, it'll be funny, I think. And he's like, yeah, anyway, uh, if we're going to be letting you go. And I was like, ah, oh. can you imagine that? Like, dude, I was in this mode where I was like, I'll go do the bingo. It'd be funny. And I had to try and make bingo puns after just getting fired. <sighs> it was hell. It was truly hell. Um, I don't think I want to work for any more small businesses. I don't like working directly under a boss. That shit is, it's not easy or fun. Um, after that, we got Macy's. I think we've, we've talked enough about that. I just, I'm so glad to be out of there, but I was getting beat up all the time. 
um, <laughs> fucking, you know, fighting heroin addicts. And then just, I get home and I would cry because I realized I just beat up a, a person who hasn't eaten in two days. And eventually it got to the point, I talked about this on the show, I think before in a previous episode, but I, I met this lady. It was very poetic, man. It's very poetic. All right. I, um, was sitting smoking weed in the parking garage and literally the, the sky was orange. Like it was like an amazing sunset. And this woman walks past me and uh, I just, you know, I, she was an older lady and I'm from Minnesota. So I say stupid things that I should just kept my mouth shut, honestly. But I was like, Hey ma'am, I don't mean to tell you your business, but there's a lot of fucking crazy people up here. I would, if you're going to walk around, I would just stick to the park. I wouldn't hang out in the parking garage. And uh, I thought she was going full Karen on me. She goes, do you work here? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm so I'm sorry. I was just I was just trying to let you know because it's dangerous sometimes. She goes, where do you work? And I'm like, fuck, now I'm in this. Now this is happening. And I go, I can't can't really tell you that. I just uh, sorry. She goes, oh, no, I was just uh, just asking, uh, how old are you? So I tell her 24. She goes, my son was 24 when he died. And then she just walked off into the sunset like a ghost. Um, and the, the first thing I thought about was like my mom. And if I was like, if I died over, bro, it's one thing to die from like cancer or in a car accident, something that's just not preventable. If you die trying to get Macy's merchandise back, that's like your legacy. Like that's how people are. That's you're going to, there's been a news story about it. And they're going to be like, this man died over sweatpants. And thinking about that made me so it made me sick to my stomach, dude. And I would it would get to the point where um, I would be having panic attacks at work because there'd be a guy with a face tattoo <laughs> with his pants around his ankles, stuffing like like a gun sticking out of his pants uh, and, and mace on the other pocket. There were people who had mace <laughs> hanging off of their shorts just to let you know, like, hey, if you do fuck with me, I'm going to blow your eyeballs out. I hope you know that. Um, you know, this uh, one of the guys that used to work there, he got stabbed in the lung. Um, and I just I would have panic attacks because I, I'd i be like, if any one of these people is a felon or, you know, they're running from a warrant or something. There's a lot of them who, especially if something like meth or crack or just any drugs are involved, they might kill me to get away. Uh, the first 48 is that reason people are so obsessed with that show is it's, it's very true, like statistically. If you don't get somebody who kills, you know, murders somebody within the next 48 hours, the evidence is literally disappearing by the second. So there's definitely people, especially in a major city where people are whacked out on drugs and there's cartel shit going on. I could eat. There was a gun. Uh, somebody shot somebody here less than a year ago, um, shot at them. Uh, there was a guy who pulled a gun at Macy's the other day. It's fucking crazy. Um, at the end of the day, I'll just, you know, I think we've talked enough about the security job already at this point. Right. Marco. Um, I don't know. You got anything to say about it? No, I think that one's covered. I think, I think this has been quite a lengthy episode and we'll wrap it up here. I just want to leave people with something I talk about constantly as a, as a motorcycle from nine miles away is overtaking my voice on this microphone. Um, like really, really keep in mind that you are, you're a person, you know, if, a, if you're starting to hate a job and it's starting to 
pull you in a place where you feel like there's a black cloud over your brain. Okay, dude, just just try as hard as you can to save some money and get out of there. It's there's no one in this world that can't find a new job. You just have to do it the right way. So just remember, you got you got to think about your mental health. Okay, these places they're just jobs. They really don't matter that much. Um, so just think about yourself first before you think about some fucking stupid company that doesn't give a shit about you. Uh, episode with Coach Carl Hargrave, ex-Minnesota Vikings and Cardinal and Arizona Cardinals running back coach. Shout out to Autumn who set that up. That's her dad. Uh, so we're going to be meeting up tomorrow. This We're going to be filming this. It's going to be at an in-home studio. My buddy built himself. Uh, so I'm very nervous. I got two microphones now, but I think it's going to go down well. I'm going to try and get there early, get things set up. So be on the lookout for that. I'm really excited for that episode. And uh, thank you for everybody who ordered a shirt. I'll let you know if we do order order new ones. Probably do the gangsta cowboy next. The cowboy with or the alien with a cowboy hat smoking a joint because I'm 12. Uh, Markel, you got anything to leave the people with? Oh uh, no, just thanks for listening. Hell yeah, man. Um, stay tuned for that episode. Have a good motherfucking week, man.